Hello everybody and welcome to the What's On Podcast. This is episode 13. My name is Zachary. My name is Ryan. And today we are going to be talking about the game Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, so this was a game we both uh, played, enjoyed and wanted to talk about really because it brings in really interesting aspects to do with uh, machinery, um, AI, uh, apocalyptic scenarios <laughs> um, and it was just a really interesting game that we wanted to talk about. Um, so that's going to be the main point, but as normal, start off with some news. Biggest thing at the moment, spin or biggest thing that's happened in recent is the Oscars. They uh, went down, so to speak. <laughs> um, so one that we predicted. Yeah. That's I think there was very minimal surprise about. Was, I think everyone knew that it was going to happen. Was Joaquin Phoenix winning um, the Oscar for Best Actor for Joker? Yeah. I don't think. There was much surprise out there. <laughs> no, there was no way that anyone could have gone against him for that. Really, yeah, it's. I think performance speaks to itself. No one was surprised. I don't think we have to go any further with no. it. Really, we've got a whole podcast dedicated to saying how good Joker was. Yep. Um, although one thing that I was surprised about was, um, which I've not seen it yet, so I can't really argue, but it looks good. It was Jojo Rabbit beating Joker for adapted screenplay? Mm. Which it's another one that I haven't seen either yeah. yet. So I've heard good things, and obviously it's good enough to yeah. uh, get win to it. the Oscars and yeah. stuff. And, um, and Jojo Rabbit's the like uh, black comedy by Taiki Waititi mm-hmm. um, about Nazi Germany or setting Nazi Germany. Yeah. Uh, it looks good. It's I can believe it from what I've heard. Well, um, that, that's it. I mean, like I've also seen that. Um, I mean, she didn't win it, but Scarlett Johansson was mm-hmm. nominated for Best Supporting Actress. Yes. For her role in Jojo Rabbit, yeah. so yeah, so there was plenty of good stuff for yeah. it going. Um, so one thing I was surprised about was Brad Pitt won. Excuse me, Brad Pitt won Best Supporting Act, uh, Actor for uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, I was very surprised to know that was his first acting Oscar. Is it? Yeah. Really? I thought. It- would have had one before. No, he's he's had an Oscar as part of like best best picture, I think. Okay. For Twelve Years a Slave, I think it was. Yeah. But he's this is his first time he's won a personal acting Oscar. Oh right. Which was all, all the limelight really was on Leonardo DiCaprio yeah. never getting one. I, I think if he hadn't won that like associated one, yeah. I think it would have been equal measure. But I think I am like you say, I'm surprised he hasn't had the same. Thing as yeah. DiCaprio did, nineteen seventeen. I think as equal as equally unsurprising as winning Best Actor mm-hmm. was nineteen seventeen winning Cinematography. Yep, it was we knew, almost guaranteed. Yeah, like, we knew it, that was going to happen. It would have been stupid. I would yeah. say that it would be not to give that Cinematography, as well as it also winning Visual Effects. Oh god, that one. Yeah, um, which. It's good. It's also it'd be interesting to find out how they judge it because it was against stuff like Avengers Endgame yeah. and Star Wars, stuff that has very big, flashy effects and such like. Whilst obviously the effects in 1917 is a lot more realistic, like the plane scene when it mm-hmm. crashes and all that sort of stuff. So it's interesting how they judge maybe visual they, effects. Maybe they like. Maybe they do look into like the realism of it mm. in a way. I mean because. The visual effects when it comes to 1917 is very, very realistic. It yeah. properly puts you in that space, yeah. on it? So that's obviously got to play a, play a factor in it. Mm-hmm. As in, like, you are next to them in the trenches 
feeling every artillery shell hitting. Yeah. Stuff like that. But um, it also uh, also won sound mixing. Yes, it did. Um, did you have a gander at the difference? No. <laughs> no. Because <laughs> that was a big thing on uh, Twitter was everyone like confused about the difference between sound mixing yeah. and sound editing. Uh, one of which was myself, because uh, I don't it's think... like, what? <laughs> and a very loopy way of saying it, because mm-hmm. I'm just remembering and from what I wrote down about it, was sound editing is where the sound team on a film creates the sounds that are going to be used in the film. Mm-hmm. So, like, a lightsaber sound yeah. might be a... a a car screeching or it might be an air conditioning unit doing some sort of noise mm-hmm. it's creating those sounds which yep. they're then using the film and that's sound editing and sound mixing is when they edit those sounds for context mm-hmm. so if they create a noise for a bird call in sound editing the sound mixing would then be making that sound sound like it's 20 mi- a mile away okay. like, or the reverb or the um, putting undertones in it to make it sound to make it a tense situation make okay. the scene sound tense so it's like sound mixing is the editing actually mm-hmm. of the sounds and sound editing is the creation of the sounds which seems a bit it seems a bit backwards yeah it's a bit strange um, but that's obviously read up yourself because I'm only like plagiarising this twitter thing that I read up on but making it a bit more confusing than before you even looked. <laughs> yeah, so, um, but that's, it seems like it's, they say it's a thing that comes up every year at the Oscars, yeah. what's the difference? What the hell is the difference? Um, and of course, the big one, which I wasn't s- surprised about, again, mm. I've said it a few times, I've not seen it, but I've heard it, about the Parasite winning Best Picture. Um, not surprising to me, uh, from what I've heard, and not <laughs> seeing it still, um, but it did come as a bit of a shock to everyone, I think, yeah. like because um, it won um, international film, original screenplay, and best picture, and best director, and best director, yeah. Um, so a very big, a big happening, a big occasion for like yeah. international filmmaking there. Um, well, that's it. I think this is like the first time that a non-English speaking, English language film yeah. has actually won best picture mm. so they've done well oh definitely and it'll definitely do well for Korean cinema yeah definitely I think international in general as well like, mm. it's going to be saying that these films can win these awards can be nominated for these awards I'm not sure if um, if it's the first non-English film that's been nominated for best picture as well mm. uh, I can't, I'm not sure about that but it's definitely the first time it's won that category <clears throat> uh, did you have anything else for the Oscars? um not really, I mean, like, obviously we're saying about, like, the actress and supporting actress, I mean, you've got uh, Renee Zell... Zellweger? Uh, Zellweger or something? Yeah. yeah. Apologies for... For uh, <clears throat> Best Actress, and that was for... Judy. Judy, yes, which I haven't seen. Yep. And supporting actress was Laura Dern. Oh, what did she win? Uh, what was that for? Uh, oh, God, that was for... Was that that Ford v Ferrari thing? No. I can't remember what it was for now. I literally looked at it before. <laughs> now I can't remember. Uh, I don't. It don't matter. Yeah. But what well, was her name? Her name was Laura Dern, and she won uh, Best Supporting Actress. Okay. Uh, so she won that. Unfortunately, I can't remember his yeah. name. And then I know Ford v Ferrari won a couple of things, but mm. I've not checked the film out. I don't at think all. it was that one. 
uh, no, um, I think it was production, design, and something else. <clears throat> Anything else? Uh, cool. So, more general film stuff was Birds of Prey mm-hmm. and the extremely long title that follows yeah. it. Um, um, that has come out and it's doing positively in the reviews, mm-hmm. but it's really doing badly in the box office. In the first day, it made $30 million against mm-hmm. an estimate, a conservative figure that they had of $34 million. So that's led to them in various cinemas changing the name, its um, presented name, to Harley Quinn Birds of Prey. Yeah. Because it's, it was, it's put it, at the forefront. It, yeah, it was because they put the name at, at the, the end. end. Yeah. After a huge, like, I took the mic there. I took, I, took, I took the mic there, but it's something like, and the emancipation, something, something of Harley Quinn. Yeah. So they've just gone, name at the forefront, Harley Quinn Birds of Prey, uh, which. I think they should have done that in yeah. the first place. But it's, it seems to have had positive reviews from what I've seen. Doctor Strange 2, we talked about this last week or the week before, I think, <clears throat> was um, the actor, the writers left, yep. the previous writer, but one of the writers has said there's been no original, no script written yet, no first draft written yet. Oh. So I think it's going to be a while until we see, see that sequel. Yep. And, and sticking with Doctor Strange was... Talk about the idea of concept art, I guess, released with the films. Mm-hmm. Like concept art is the stuff they draw to make to see what it would be like in a film, like yeah. ideas. It is I think you could just break down the work the phrase, you know what it is, concept art. But there was a concept art of Doctor Strange in Iron Man out mm-hmm. in the Iron Man suit for Endgame or Infinity War, one of the two. Um so I think it's interesting the idea of ideas that are in films that come out that we never see like these massive odd ideas like mm. Doctor Strange in Nine Man Outfit uh, so what they must be like behind the scenes we never see. Like this. they'll go through different uh, different ideas until they f- pick the one that sticks mm. I mean like I remember something that, like that reminds me of when I played the first Mirror's Edge game okay. um, when you go through it you can unlock concept art yeah. from when they were making the actual game mm. and what they wanted um, thingy to look like, I can't remember the character's, the character's name, yeah. how the character looked like, what it was like, what the actual city looked like yeah. there was even concept art of a level mm. in a prison that was never yeah. never used. Games is a very interesting one with that mm. because they're obviously they build everything through well, through programming but like yeah. they have like unlimited Potential freedom oh, yeah. in creating that, haven't they? Because I was, like, I was remembering like there was some part of the concept art where, it, and obviously it's got a description underneath it of what it was like, mm. and they were saying like this was like the nearly final concept art of Faith. That was the name, yeah, in the character's name, um, and it was saying this was before the decision was made to not have Faith with a gun because she she actually had a weapon with her. Yeah, okay, but obviously in the game, yeah, she, she doesn't. Means, yeah, they don't have weapons at all. Mm. You just have to pick them up, but this was when like they actually had one. Yeah, it's interesting that idea, and it'd be nice to see some films, what other other paths they could have mm. taken. Uh, do you have anything else for films? Uh, nothing for films, no. Okay. I'll just put uh, a couple of TV stuff. Um, on the back end of Parasite, mm-hmm. apparently HBO are thinking about doing a series around the topic. Okay. Which is 
it's one of those things it's like taking off a film's hype yeah like it could be good could be bad um i don't know it's one of those things into trying to cash in though isn't it yeah uh with mark ruffalo potentially starring in that mm-hmm. uh, i mean it's definitely got an interesting topic because it's about like the the hierarchy in south korea and like, yeah. the social classes so i think it would be an interesting tv show mm-hmm. as well um, Star Wars Clone Wars which is an animated TV show and it was uh, very popular ages ago yeah, I think. it was about 10 years plus um, so that is coming I think if you say like a decade ago mm. and I think it, the final season of that is coming back and that starts 21st of February and I think that's going to be the last mm. last like little jigsaw piece between the Clone Wars and the mm. Revenge of the Sith films so I know a lot of people are excited for that. Um, <clears throat> HBO Max, which is the new streaming service by HBO, mm-hmm. they are apparently putting together a Friends reunion episode to kick their service off, mm-hmm. which I'm sure a lot of people will be excited for or not excited for, <laughs> depending on the, if they just want it left alone, because I think Friends finished 202 or 204. It was a while ago. Um, so... Again, one of those things, it's like, do you want it back? But I know this is going to also get a lot of people coming to yeah. their uh, service. So it's not confirmed yet, I don't think, but could be potentially interesting. And the last thing I wanted to have for TV was the idea about actors or actresses getting hate mm-hmm. for their characters because there's many examples yeah. of it, tons of examples, and I could bring up any number of them the one that I just brought it to mind was a character in um, I brought up Arrow yeah. a few times over the last few weeks uh, but uh, spoilers alert because I don't think you're going to watch it are you? no um, but during the final season of this Arrow um, a character in it the main character Arrow is uh, Green Arrow dies in it mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> and an actor in it has been getting a lot of hate for at least part causing the death. Yeah. Um, and it's just the idea of fat. Well, it's, it's that judgment of you can call them fans because obviously our fans are just a bit excessively passionate. Oh, yeah. Um, but the idea that people get hate for these fictional characters doing actions which are written by writers mm. and producers and. They are literally just there to portray a character yeah. that has been written by someone else. So, so all the hate should at least be going to the right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's just it's an odd thing, really, yeah. when you backtrack it, backtrack it. I know it's because people get so passionate about these characters, mm. but also it's a huge pressure on these actors when oh, they're yeah. getting like potential like hate, hate well, and death same, threats. It's, it's and... the same for love as well for them, isn't it? Mm. I mean, because like if you remember, like say like Game of Thrones. Uh, you got Daenerys, mm. who's played by um, what's her name? <laughs> da da da, Amelia Clark. Amelia Clark. <laughs> yeah. Why is my mind gone blank? <laughs> Amelia Clark. I'm pretty sure this is a one per episode thing. Though. Yeah. It's like she she got so much love and stuff for it, but like all she's doing is portraying a character. So people call her Khaleesi and everything. Mm. It's like it's just one of her characters. You wouldn't go around calling a Sarah Connor, would you? <laughs> oh, I don't know about love for characters, because I think <clears throat> that's passion in a good way, because yeah, but... someone loves someone's portrayal of the character so much, and uh, I think it's when, <clears throat> like, or if someone excessively, mm. like, 
obsesses over someone, like if they don't go too far on the other end towards, like if someone got really passionate over Amelia Clyde because of her portrayal, yeah. that's obviously a bit weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's but the negative aspect I think's the more like dodgy one. Yeah. Because you don't know if it's obviously most majority of it's just internet hate hates yeah. people using the opportunity of a platform that they've got to send hateful messages and sort of like while being anonymous but it's also massive mental pressure on the actor or actresses because mm. it's just like if they want to get involved in certain projects or if it's having an impact on how they're thinking yeah. because well you, you never know how, no one knows how they're going to react until it happens to them mm-hmm. but just like how would you react if a thousand people started sending you really disgusting messages which a lot of the more points you have to deal with it's a weird weird concept I don't have anything for gaming but you do don't you yeah uh, just two things so the first one is that obviously Xbox the Series X is going to be coming out Mm -hmm. but it's um, it's been said by uh, Phil Spencer the boss of Xbox that it is actually backwards compatible okay Um, so what does that mean for people it basically means that um games that were on previous platforms such as the Xbox One yep. the 360 can be played on the Series X uh, they've said that all Xbox One games can be and there's a list of supported 360 games but literally what they're doing well Phil Spencer said that what he does is he literally, he's got an Xbox Series X mm. in his home he'll <laughs> get 360 games and put them in and try and see if they work and oh. make a list of them Good to be the boss, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> Just make a list of the games that he says to see if they work and see if maybe <laughs> they can improve it to make them work. <laughs> like, Phil, you know this one works. Hang on, give me another couple of hours yeah. with it. It's Just to be sure. Just to be sure that it is working. So, oh, here's the next game. You've been, Sorry, pl- you've been playing Halo for the last 20 hours. Yeah. <laughs> just, I just need to make sure that this is... <laughs> um, second thing was that the game which has been out for a year called Anthem yeah, I've, heard I've uh, not played it, but was this the one that went through like production hell? Yeah, uh, and it's going through more because um, they've said that it's going to be. Get, Bioware have said that it's going to get a major rehaul of gameplay. Mm. They are their literal words were they're working to uh, reinvent the core gameplay loop with clear goals, market, uh, motivating challenges, and progression with meaningful rewards. Mm. While it's been while it's been out for a year, yeah, uh, they said it'll still work while it's being played, but it will be getting updated. Yeah, so that's a, a far way into the game, isn't it? Yeah, I'd heard about Anthem a bit because of the production stuff that happened because they had like a lot of people coming in and out, creative differences, mm. production hell, and then they had to meet it, and it was. An unfinished game, obviously, because yep. they're now recalling it, but it was just an absolute mess that I heard. Um, anything else news? Nope, that's um, all. Oh, I did actually have one more thing. Um, was there's a, uh, a manga series which is Japanese comics called mm-hmm. Death Note, which is a series a series about 10, 15 years ago now. It came mm-hmm. out in two thousand and five, or the manga series that came out earlier than that. The anime the anime series came out in two thousand and five which was about a teenager who gets a book which if you write someone's name and it kills them and he starts doing that to kill to murderers and for justice and such like and it's a very good detective uh, cat and mouse series mm-hmm. but that finished like say over 10 years ago now and the uh, mangaka the guy who makes the manga artist he brought out a one shot sequel which is a 70 page little comic 
like mm-hmm. of a sequel of what happened after it. And it was really, I found it really good. What interesting was Donald Trump was in it um, as part of the plot. Um, and the hilarious thing was because of that, Death Note and characters from that from the series started trending on Twitter in the politics se- section. Oh God! Which was amazing. <laughs> I just found it hilarious. Um, but yeah, that was just a funny thing that I saw this week. Um, so main stuff or um, the main point of main episode, <laughs> whatever I'm saying. Horizon Zero Dawn. So going to go, uh, give it a brief overview. I did a little bit at the start, but. This is set in a post-apocalyptic world where there are various machines running the world and your portray- <clears throat> your character in the game is this woman called Aloy um, who is an outcast from the tribes that now live in this apocalyptic world, post-apocalyptic world. Um, so I'm going to go through the story mm-hmm. uh, a little bit but we are going to dash back and throw um, because this isn't really a like a walkthrough of the game. No. It's more so us just talking about it and what we enjoyed, and just have a bit of a natter on it. So, uh, if you've not played it, I would recommend it because we are gonna be spoiling stuff and just nattering as we go along. Mm-hmm. So, let me know if you want to dash off anywhere, Ryan. Yep. But uh, so starting off with the game, uh, you're introduced to you the characters of Aloy and Rost. So Rost is like her surrogate father. Yeah. Um, He's raising her, and um, <clears throat> they're outcasts from the main tribe, which is this Nora tribe, who's a very, I don't know if you say religious, or like they believe very, in this... They're a very spiritual and superstitious yeah. kind of uh, tribe, which live in the um, in the, in the mountains, yeah. really. In, well, it's, it's like Mother Earth, isn't it's it? Mo- well, Mother... That's the mountain. Yeah, next to Mother Earth, but mm. they're... What's their lands called? Oh, I've not written it down. Yeah, neither have I. But they, they call it the sacred lands, don't yeah, they? Yeah, the sacred lands and stuff. Oh, yeah, that, yeah. Um, of which they believe, like I say, they're superstitious. Mm-hmm. They believe if you, they're called the Nora tribe, yeah. and they believe if any of them leave these sacred lands, they will then be banished, yeah. and if they return, they will be killed. Um, but they they believe it so much that they won't leave it. Yeah. Because, um, but Aloy and Rost, they are outcasts, yep. um, neither of which you know the reason why. Mm-hmm. Um, you find out a little later, it's, uh, for Aloy, she was found on a pedestal in the Mother Earth, the mountain, in front of this big metallic door, yep. um, of which they, they believe the three matriarchs who run the tribe mm-hmm. uh, believe that she's been given by their goddess. Um, but two of the matriarchs are not a fan of her because they think she's a curse to come upon them and one of them thinks she's a blessing that's been given to them by uh, Mother Earth mm-hmm. so she's outcasted because of that but you don't know where she's come from and Rost you don't know why he's been outcasted um, so that's a mystery that goes through the entire yeah. <clears throat> that entire um, the entire game basically and you're trying to discover who Aloy is who well, the story of it is, really. Yeah. So, going... Skipping over a, f- a few bits at the start, <clears throat> but Aloy gets access to a little device that she puts on her head called a Focus, yeah. which is... Oh, how do you describe it? It's 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 kind of like a very futuristic Bluetooth. Yeah. A very futuristic one. So, it, it it's able to see through walls. You're able to communicate with people that are far, yeah. far away. Yeah. Um... 
It's a nice little little yeah. gadget. Enables it to scan these machines yeah. that are patrolling around. And these machines, they are like various animals. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like there are some watcher machines, there are some like yeah. machines that look like deer. You should probably like, say mm-hmm. that with the post-apocalyptic world that they are machines yeah. just living with humans. Yeah. Living, well, yeah. coexisting. It's like if you imagine like a tribal prehistoric spears, yeah. arrows, that kind of thing. Yeah. But then you have machines. machines. You have like the uh, Boston Dynamic. They're the like uh, they're the ones making those machines. Like if you can imagine like dogs and sorts like that they've created. Mm-hmm. It's like they're living in that prehistoric time. Yeah. So yeah, that setting of it. So she finds that focus, which enables her to scan these machines and enables her different abilities, like to use it. Um, so go a bit onto the combat system of it mm-hmm. um, was so during the whole of it you're using a spear arrows and various gadgets so to speak yep. so those include like a, a trip caster which is like a trip wire yep. using various techniques so one's explosives freezing fire yeah um, do you want to go a bit in? yeah so if it's basically each machine once you scan it you find its weaknesses mm-hmm and these specific gadgets can be used to obviously trap and hunt these machines because over the course of the game you can upgrade your weapons or get certain items from these machines that can help further improve you so you need to hunt them in a way like you would hunt an animal and specific animals specific machines have their own weaknesses like some of them are really susceptible to fire. Yeah. So you'd use like the trip casters on yeah. them for fire. Or there's the other gadget which is called the rope caster, yeah. which can basically um, pin the machine down onto the ground, mm-hmm. which works well for either for uh, machines that have like weak spots underneath them yeah. so that you can hit them. Because when you hit these weak spots, obviously, like these parts can fall off or explode, or do anything really. I mean, a good part of the game that I like is how a lot of these machines that have like weapons on them, yeah. you can actually shoot the weapons off yeah. and pick them up and use them, yeah. which is such a handy way. <laughs> I mean, because like to do the bigger enemies, like to do the massive enemies like the thunder jaw, thunder jaw, which is like. It's basically like a massive T Rex. Yeah. It's it's huge. It's like a big metallic tiger, but like massive. Yeah. It's That's... just mad how big it actually is. That's the part I like about the game as well mm. is the scale yeah. between you and the machines. Because like there's some that are about the same size as you. Yeah. But then you've got others like the Thunder Jaw mm. or the um, the Rock Breaker. Yeah. Is it that? Yeah. But it's basically like a massive earthworm. Yeah that goes underground and stuff it's like they're massive and you're trying to fight it I mean I really liked the the ones that stayed animalistic because mm. near the near the end there's like these death the death bringers mm-hmm. which are just like big missile shooting yeah. machines and they they are machines like yeah. I really liked the the like the look of all the animalistic mm-hmm. um, machines that go around like the thunder jaws the watches the all the animalistic ones. But you've got to think the Deathbringers were, weren't made to be animalistic. Yeah, they were made they... by... like Our civilization yeah. is the ones that died. Yeah. 
and to the tribes we are called the old ones. Yeah. So this um so put a bit of context. So this post apocalyptic world is set about a thousand years yep. after this time, like the time we're in now, probably a bit further obviously because yep. technology differences, but around this time. Yeah. Uh Carol. And so we're we're seen as the old ones. Yeah. I mean like in some parts of the, the actual world that you can travel into, it's ruined cities. Yeah. Um and, and using the focus, you can see visions of various places yeah. around, such as how state where stadiums were mm-hmm. and news articles and such like and like academies and stuff like that. It's yeah, quite quite good to see really like that. But it's like um, basically what happened was that AI was created by us. Yeah and machines to fight wars yeah. and it basically we lost control they yeah. started to fight back there was a glitch in the machine system yeah. which then started them being able to consume biomass yeah. uh, which means plants humans animals everything really in order to replicate themselves mm-hmm. and because this glitch they also were uh, not in rain like we weren't mm-hmm. in in control of them um, which then led to them just consuming everything yeah. um, and like just bringing on the end of the world, basically. Pretty much, like fighting us and everything. Yeah. Go on. So I just wanted to go back to the, like, talk a little bit about the combat there, but yeah. one thing that I wish they changed, or at least there wasn't, wish there was an option, and there might be an option when I say mm. this and I've not just seen and had to deal with it for thing, but... This the focus sound when you use it when it comes <laughs> so annoying it is and it comes out the controller as well yep. so there's nothing you can do at least not that I know of if there is a way I so wish that I'd found out but when you use the focus which is almost every every or you use it every second or so mm-hmm. um, it makes a sound out of thing and the sound sounds really good it's yeah. a really good sound for it it's a very uh, futuristic sound but it comes out the controller and it's when you use it so much it's just I wish there was like a mute button to it. <laughs> you hear it all the time. Yeah. And it's like if you've you've pressed off it to turn yeah. it off and you're like, oh I need to go back into yeah. it again. Oh, sound well, again. It's like it's it's the main part of the gameplay. Yeah. Like you have to use it for everything and you have to hear it every time. So I just <laughs> wish that they'd there was a way to mute it. Because it's not you know it's on, you know. Yeah. Well yeah. It would have been I nice. know I'm using it, I don't need to hear this sound every time mm. that I turn it on. Yeah. But this uh, it's an open world setting, so mm-hmm. you, uh, there's this um, quite sizable map that you explore. You also go through it progressionally at first, yeah. um, until like probably about a third of the game through, and then a, the big side of the map is opened up, and you can explore pretty much everything, yeah. apart from a little bit, which is the DLC. But that's only if you have the DLC. Uh, and I'm pretty sure you could go there anyway if you so wanted, but I think you just get crushed immediately. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's pretty on the point, like. Open world settings, like we've talked about this a lot, that we enjoy them. Um, and one thing it that I like that it does is at the start of it, at least, it's progressional. You mm-hmm. are, you can still explore the area you're in, but you are literally traveling to and fro. Yeah. It's only until you get to about halfway through the game that you're able to purchase unlimited fast travel. Yeah. Which I think some people will be annoyed about it, but I I like that aspect mm-hmm. because you are actually forced in a good way to explore the world first mm-hmm. and stick with the story and then it's afterwards when you've got a little bit more freedom to go okay I want to go quest happy now and go yeah. and see a lot of stuff funnily enough it took me a while to realise that unlimited fast travel 
because <laughs> obviously I, I stopped playing mm. before I finished it and then I came back to it and I started playing it properly again and I found all this new stuff to do and all that and then I was just buying something else and I saw unlimited fast travel I was like ah what I've nearly finished the game oh did you leave it quite a bit I left it a while I did not know <laughs> I did not have a clue and then I saw it at the bottom and I was like it's quite cheap lot it is <laughs> it's I, mean, quite... I mean in fairness I, I only noticed it because of buying it so it is a bit by luck unless oh god it's annoying because I was like, oh, I need this many fast travel packs and everything. Mm. I think I was going buying another one because yeah. I had nothing. And then I saw underneath it unlimited ones. And I was like, what? I needed this so much. Gosh, I would have loved it if you'd been just buying normal ones all the time whilst that had been like one one little thing down. Um, yeah, that would, that would have annoyed me. The levelling system's interesting because mm. it works differently than a lot of games. It's not a, a stat builder. Yeah, it's a skill tree. So as you level up, you can unlock various uh, combat forms mm-hmm. or passive skills or various things that will help you. But it doesn't improve your attack power. No. It doesn't improve speed or anything like that. So it sort of it sort of makes it so that it doesn't help you in the missions. Apart from your health, it does increase your health every ten points. Yeah, I think it's probably, not a huge amount. No. It's the whole game sort of centers around obviously you can buy better weapons as you level up but a lot of it's around being smart about fighting the machines learning yeah. how to beat them um learning what's the best weapons to use with them yeah. it's not about leveling up 10 times and being able to overpower them yeah. no you, you still can't do that you never you never really you're never overpowered like you can't be it's, no. it's not in the system to be overpowered for these machines you have to know what to do and be skilled enough in playing it to be able to beat them oh, that, that's it I mean like you still every time I go against a Thunder Joe now I've still got to think mm. about how to how can I properly fight this thing and work it well I mean like did you do any of the uh, because there's obviously side quests and stuff to do yeah. as well did you ever do any of the hunting lodge stuff uh, I did a little bit I didn't do all of them mm. uh, I did a couple of them there was one in the desert, which was very hard. I didn't definitely didn't do a desert one. Um, it was involved in Thunderjaw, mm. and I can't remember what they were called, but they were a bit um, stalkers. They might have been stalk. No, it wasn't stalkers. Stalkers was a different one. Um, what do they look like? Kind of like lion looking. Um, they did have a gun on the back of them that you could shoot off and use. Uh, I, can't I can't remember what they were called but um, basically one of the actual hunting things was you've got to take over uh, two mm. you've got to corrupt two of these machines mm. and use them to kill the Thunderjaw in I think it was 80 seconds 90 seconds speedy it was it was hard mm. I did it first go because basically it was like corrupted them quick yeah shot off the uh, the disc launcher which the Thunderjaw had used that against it and that was it done did I do it um, but it's stuff <laughs> like that it's it's knowing what weapons that you can shoot off what weapons are the weaknesses of these machines so that you can kill them quick yeah one thing one sort of like she's mm-hmm. I think from the games I've played I think she's one of the best females mm. 
main characters that I played as. Uh, witty, smart, mm. uh, knows what she's doing. Doesn't well, take any crap. Yeah, I think she was one of the best, like I say, best main characters I've played. I don't know if you've. Uh, she was very, very good. She is one of my favourite characters I've played. Um, one thing I didn't like, I know she's doing a lot, mm. but it's after she's 18 now, I think she's meant to be. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone, and, and I know she wins the proving as well. Uh, but everyone immediately forgets that she was an outcast for 12 years. Yep. <laughs> almost immediately. I, I know the matriarchs don't, or two of them don't, uh, but that's like story-centred, mm-hmm. but you would... And the other tribes, I can understand as well. Because they knew nothing yeah. about it. But everyone else is just like, ah, oh, well, she's helping out now. Yep. And I can understand it to a degree, but it seems to have like glossed over immediately. Well, maybe it seems like... Obviously, she was annoyed about it, mm. and you get that through the story that she talks about it yeah. and nobody else does but it might be the case of as well that they don't actually know her mm. and it's the fact of when someone's banished obviously they, they don't have anything to do with them they don't look at them they don't talk to them yeah. but if suddenly they've been you've been told right they're now in the tribe you've got to kind of open your arms to them aren't you yeah it's Otherwise, you just have a very passive-aggressive life. Like, oh yeah, for the last 12 years, you have ignored me. And now you're talking to me like a friend. If you were doing that for years and years and years, they'd get annoyed with you. Mm. So, the main villain is the AI system Hades. But I'd say the other main antagonist is Helis. Mm -hmm. Or Helis. Do you you want to explain what Hades is? Uh... Good point. So, let's go backwards a bit. Yeah. <laughs> so, we've talked about what happened to the world, mm-hmm. like the machines able to consume biomass and the world. So, what people did, what a group of people did, was the Pharaoh Institute, I think it was. They were the ones who created the machines. Them and a professor called uh, Dr. Elizabeth Sorbeck. She they and some alphas who was a team of uh, programmers machinists scientists um, put together a project called Horizon Zero Dawn so or Zero Dawn Project Zero Dawn Project Zero Dawn (laughs) Uh, Project Zero Dawn which was told to the public that they were all going to get all the civilians were going to give them guns and various weaponry Mm -hmm. And they were going to go, and it was going to be an operation called Operation Enduring Victory, mm-hmm. which is where civilization was going to be basically rise up against the machines. And Zero Dawn was this weapon system that was going to target all the machines or something like that. Yeah. Um, so that was told to the public. What Zero Dawn was actually was this terraforming system <clears throat> where they created this AI called Gaia, which it and other AI created mm-hmm. um, all named after various Greek gods so Hades, Hephaestus Demeter, uh, Athena Apollo, mm-hmm. etc um, that the role of the Zero Dawn was this AI Gaia was was that human civilization was doomed, mm-hmm. they were all going to die but what they could do was after the odd, after civilization died, Gaia could from the company from the pharaoh when the scientists storing embryos and yep. civilization and storing copies of all humankind's information so they could be educated mm-hmm. um repopulate the uh, the 
planet again after the again basically yeah, again after it all happens so that was the plan so what happened that result that what was bad was firstly the guy in uh, in charge of the Faro Institute was a guy called Ted Faro I think it was mm-hmm. um he after obviously he was the one created or his company created the machines he decided okay I've doomed the world and this new world that's gonna create it, I think they should just live without all this that we've done. Yeah. So he had he, a bit of a nihil- nihilistic yeah, approach to it. <laughs> so nihilistic is basically when you uh, believe everything's worth nothing, yep. nothing's uh, got any per- point or purpose. So what he did was he damaged or deleted all the files off the Apollo system, mm-hmm. which was the system meant to educate the new children once they were born into this new world. So that's why the tribes in the story are so ill-educated. They they believe in superstition, they believe in all this, because all the information of the modern day has been deleted by this guy. Um, As well as he also kills all the scientists, apart from Professor Sorbeck, um, to stop them interfering. Mm -hmm. So he properly properly does a number. Um, Professor Solbeck, who at that point had actually sort of sacrificed herself to mm-hmm. to keep them safe, and she'd uh, exited the building and went off to die somewhere, uh, which is a bit sad because she's one of the most interesting characters mm-hmm. in it. Um, what am I missing? Uh, well, Hades. Actually, yeah, actually, Hades is one of the AI subsystems that yep. was made by Gaia. Yep. So basically, obviously, with Gaia being a terraforming platform and being so intelligent as to know what to do with the next to make the human race and uh, thrive, yep. if it ever thought that it wasn't going the way it should be, yep. um, Hades would have been unleashed, which yep. was basically a measure to ex- extinguish yep. it all yep. and start it again. So that's like, kill the newly made human civilization yep. and have another go at it. And try again. And basically, there was a glitch, another glitch, and um, something act basically activated Hades when it shouldn't have done. A, si- a signal was emitted yeah. that caused Hades to have second thoughts, basically. Yeah, it? pretty much. And Hades got so bad mm. that Gaia actually couldn't stop it. Yeah. And so Gaia actually sacrificed itself to save the humans. Which, so, by that, it's... it's initiated an explosion sequence meant to destroy both its own computer systems and those of, of Hades as yep. well. So, in effect, um, that was that part, like, Gaia's gone, the terraforming part's gone, this is all you've got now. Mm. Um, but actually, Gaia, just before Gaia was destroyed, Gaia actually made a clone of Dr. Elizabeth Sobek, yep. which is... Aloy. Yes. Which is why she was found on that metallic by the metallic door. Yeah. Because Mother Earth is actually where the clones were made. Yeah. For humans. So it was basically Gaia wanted to make a clone of Sobex in the hope that she could destroy Hades once and for all mm-hmm. and restore Gaia's systems. Yeah. Before we go into some of the characters, um let's go into a few of the characters then. So one of the ones just mentioned at the start was Rost, who mm-hmm. is the sorry father. So um, at the start of the story, or relatively near the start of the story, 
he uh, sacrifices himself to save Aloy. Yep. Um, Aloy. And you don't find out why he's been an outcast until right near the end. Um, so, do you want to have a go at it? Or? You can do that one. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> uh, so, Rost became... And this, I was a bit disappointed in this because this was like... This was something I was interested in throughout the whole game. And I thought it was going to have some sort of effect on the story. Yeah. But was actually just a side bit of information that you could talk to on the Matriarchs mm-hmm. like near the end of the story and just get a bit of extra info for yeah. like story building. Which I didn't really like because I, I thought it was going to be a bit more than that because he'd kept it secret for so long. But anyway. Yeah. Um, so Rost, he had a wife and a daughter. And at some point, the um, some bandits captured various Nora, various members of the Nora tribe, including his wife and his daughter. Well, his daughter was killed, and uh, his wife was killed, and his daughter was killed in pursuit. Mm-hmm. And then the him and various members of the Nora tribe, when he was passing the Nora tribe, went to track them down um, because the bandits had took hostages. Yeah. So what the host- so what the bandits did was they passed out of the sacred lands, like the border. Um, of which the Nora tribe, like the ones they were sent after, including Rost, didn't mm-hmm. step over because it was a banned by the tribe. So what the bandits did was they stepped a few steps over the line and slit the hostages' throats and dropped the bodies on the other side so that they couldn't collect them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just pure cruelty, really. A little bit. So Rost went to the matriarchy and asked to be made called made into a death seeker mm-hmm. which meant that he would be dead in the eyes of the tribe but that would mean he could also leave the tribe and pursue them to kill those bandits or mercenaries uh, but he was never to return again yeah. so he did that did his job <laughs> um, but got injured in the process came back chose not to come into the lands because he's even when he's an outcast, he's devout to the teachings mm-hmm. um, and collapses just outside the sacred lands to die. Um, but some other members of the tribe find him and break the taboo to grab him and bring him over, yep. which the matriarchs can't really allow. So they come to an agreement with him that he will stay as an outcast as long as he never talks about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Which is also gives reason to why a lot of the Braves, which are like the... The um, fighting part yeah. of the Nora. Yeah. Why they treat him respectfully mm-hmm. during the like start of the game, like they give they nod to him, they don't talk, but like they let him go places and stuff like that. So that yeah. gives understanding for that. Uh, but it was interesting, but I did think it was gonna be more. Mm. Like a bit more substantial. I thought it would just have story impact. Yeah. Like interesting story and it makes sense. But I thought it would be, it would have something yeah. that would affect the story. I don't know. You have any difference? Or? Um, well, I, sorry, I, I was interested by it. I mean, everything because I'd heard, you know, obviously going through the actual thing that the other tribe is called the Kaja. Yeah. And a two years ago, a few years before, there'd been the person that was in charge of the Kaja was the the Sun King and the Mad Sun King Mm -hmm. and he orchestrated the Red Raids which is what obviously you were talking about with just like raiding into the Nora lands taking people killing them for um, sacrifice to the Sun yeah so I I guess it kind of like brings it full circle in that as in like he was his um, 
wife and daughter were captured because of the Red Raids yeah. and killed like that. I mean, it, can, it does kind of bring it full circle. Yeah. I like I like that, and I like mm. it's interesting. I know, obviously, you're saying... Oh, I, I've got nothing against be, the story, yeah. Yeah, you want it to be a bit more substantial, yeah. but to be fair, I don't think it really I, needs to be. Yeah, the thing I've... I did, like, the main niggle I have on it mm. was it's something you could have missed. Yeah. Like, if you didn't talk to her again, like, talk to one of the Matrix again, you easily could have missed it. Yeah. And that's the only, that, that's the thing that bugs me. Intre- I found the story interesting. I liked yeah. it. I liked it, but oh, it's just it, no idea. after so long, it was just like I could have missed that. Could yeah. have like sudded off and gone and done something else. I could have just said no to that story. <laughs> thing. Yeah. Yeah. I'll nip back to it. Um, the villain of the piece we talked about Hades, who's the main yeah. villain, even though it's an AI system. Uh, but the human antagonist is Helios or Helios, mm-hmm. um, who's August, who is in charge of the eclipse. Uh, yeah, yeah, and like from the shadow cards are into it. Yeah, uh, who's another tribe who, who are still followers of the old Sun King who yeah. committed these red raids. Uh, I thought he was a rubbish villain. Mm. I, you don't see much of him, do you? I, I, uh, he. His only thing is killing Rost. Yeah, and then he's the face for the place, but he's a bit boring, really. Mm. And especially the boss fight that was boring as anything yeah just run around shooting barrels next to him yep. I thought it was a very uh, disappointing um, villain and a very disappointing end fight I don't know you might disagree I, I thought the same I was yeah. like oh this aren't, these aren't hurting him oh look at all these barrels next to him mm-hmm. barrels blown a character I really liked which I think I don't I think I asked you about this but I don't think you ran into him was Niles no, I didn't run run into him now. Yeah, because uh, Niles is, and he's a quite nihilistic character mm. um, who goes around and helps Aloy during a side quest to do with bandit camps. When you say now bandit camps, and helps her kill him because he finds enjoyment in killing the bandits mm-hmm. that he doesn't get with killing machines. Uh, so he's quite like psychopathic as well. A little bit. Uh, but he's one of the most interesting characters in the game, mm-hmm. which is why I'm a bit sad that he didn't. I know. Well, that was it. I mean, like, I never saw his quest part. I never saw where he was. Mm. And then I finished the last bandit camp, and then it popped up. I was like... Ah. What, did it come up? You have failed, or... No, 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 it didn't even come up with you have failed. It literally just became one of my quests. Oh, what does the quest say, then? About speak to Niles. <laughs> oh, right. So I was like... Okay. So did you do that quest, then? No. <laughs> I haven't even yeah. spoke to him. Yeah, that's really weird because the bit when you do all the uh, do all the camps, mm. um, you don't mind me spoiling this, do you? No, no, no go ahead. Because I think yeah, but um, so the thing of the stories is at each bandit camp that you have to take over and um, uh, and free basically because it's been taken over. Is you with Niles? You go and take out all these uh, bandits and you build this very weird mm. relationship because he's a psychopath and. Uh, just it's You're a weird not. one it's interesting <laughs> yeah. but then at the end in proper his fashion uh, because like there's a little bit of like romantic thing there but in a very mm. weird way and then at the end he's like so let's let's do this one more we've had all our fun doing mm. these bandit camps so it's like let's just have one big hurrah at the end and challenges you to a fight to the death oh which is his his idea of a great Final thing, final relationship thing, 
uh, which you can choose to either do or do not. Mm-hmm. Um, an interesting point, if you don't, he had to join you in the final fight as well. Oh, that's all right, though. Um, but he was one of the most interesting characters in it, which is why I'm a bit sad. <laughs> uh, Did you choose, so you chose to say no? Uh, I, well, I didn't know uh, that he joined you. Mm-hmm. Um, I did this after I finished the game, yep. um, but I killed him the first time and then I reset it, cause, and then I didn't kill him to see what the other option would be, mm-hmm. um, and just to see both parts of it. Uh, but yeah, interesting character. Any of uh, the other characters you want to talk about? Um, I find, I can't remember his name now, because I didn't write him down. What's his name? That's always bloody pestering Aloy. Silence. Silence. He's he's an interesting one. Yes. He's very. You still don't see much of him. Mm. So Silence yeah. is the one who, after Gaia blew herself up yeah. with Hades and all the machinery, Hades managed to flee to a machine, of which he was basically trapped in. Yeah. He couldn't do anything. Silence was the one who found him, and in exchange for knowledge, because he's obsessed with knowing more. Yeah. Uh, in exchange for knowledge from Hades, he would release him and do various things for him, like build this eclipse. He was the one who founded this rebel group, this eclipse group. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. So you don't find that out to the end of the game. No. But throughout the whole game, you always think something's off with him because mm-hmm. he's basically stalking Aloyd oh, yeah. to find out what she's doing, what she's discovering. And then it's only like halfway through that he starts helping her Still, with not telling her really much about himself. He says nothing. Mm. He's very mysterious when it comes to Aloy and actually about his past. He's literally saying nothing about it, but he knows a lot. Yeah, so he's a big researcher into Mm. the old ones who, like us, a thousand years ago. So he's very interested in finding out and trying to help her. Mm -hmm. Not in the way of trying to help her to help her, but trying to help her to further his own agenda of discovering more about Zero Dawn, to find out more about the old ones, find out more about Gaia, Mm -hmm. everything really. But yeah, he is a very interesting character. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, that was it, he was like, oh, he was teaching me astrophysics and trigonometry and all that. He just obsessed. Yeah. And eventually Hades betrays him Mm -hmm. because he no longer needs him because Hades is a machine. Yeah. It's logical, like, the silence done his job. Don't need him anymore. Carry on. Get him. Get him killed. Mm. But then it's like after you finish the game, there's an after well, credit scene. I want to come on to this in a sec to do with sequel stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing with Silent though, because you've not finished the Frozen Mars, there's DLC called Frozen Mars, you find out a bit more about Silence in that. Okay. Just to go backwards two steps. Rost, um, we said he dies, uh, sacrificing himself. Yeah. One thing I didn't know um, was you can visit his grave... Uh, well, I know you could visit his grave, but you can you can have interactions talking about various characters you've met yeah. during the journey. That's all it's like. I thought it was really sad because someone, uh, when I was reading through and doing some research for this, a really sad point someone made was, in a way, it keeps his word because when you part with Rost, mm-hmm. when you go to do the proving, um, he says, you can only come back to talk to me as long as I don't say anything. Mm-hmm. And they were saying it's a very grim oh, irony, a very sad thought. <laughs> that he kept his word in a very sad way. In a really sad way. 
Did you never go back to his grave then? No, I did go back to his grave, but only once. I didn't know like it was a several yeah. aspect thing. Uh, you could go back after different characters. I think yeah, it was after different characters in every main. I don't know if it was every main quest. Something different could happen, mm. and you could go and speak. Yeah, but I yeah, I only went back once or twice, I think. Mm. Uh, and the first time was only to see if they actually did something there. Yeah. Uh, just to see if he had a grave. Yeah. Tirsa, the the only like good matriarch, the one who like mm. looks after Aloy. I really liked her character. Yeah. I thought she was really funny. <laughs> she like put up with nothing really. I know. Uh, she's like that that old grandma like old grandma stereotype who just doesn't give two S's for anything. Yeah. Like she's not bothered about anything and she just blunt as anything. I think. I just found her a very funny character. Whereas the other two were a bit more into the religion and yeah, like you're a heathen and everything. It's like okay, sure I am. Yeah, it's, she was annoying the other one, mm. but I, I really liked her character. And then the only one that I can remember that I enjoyed was Erend, which was the like the love interest, romantic interest, mm. um, Freyloy, the guy with the beard, yeah, uh, with the hammer. So it's like, I enjoyed his character, I thought he was a good character. Um, yeah, he was the only one that I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Any other thing from characters or anything like that? Uh, no, the rest were all mm. relatively, most of them were quite bland. Yeah. They? I enjoyed the chief from the Nora, but nothing excessively. There was, I liked the one, um, I can't remember her name now. Not done good with these characters at <laughs> all. Um, because I don't think you said you've not done the Hunter's Lodge, have you? Not all of them, no. No. So, the woman that becomes your hawk. Okay. She's quite an interesting character, like, mm. as a hunter mm. and everything. Um, but a thing of, like, I don't think, obviously, you've not done it, is no. that when you do quests, mm. you can unlock quite a few optional characters to join you in the last fight. Yeah. And a few of those characters, I reckon you would probably enjoy. Like, I cannot remember for the life mm. of me some of the names I, at I, all. I, I brought most of them. I brought the only ones I didn't bring was the Hunting Lodge. Actually, yeah. the, only, the only ones that I didn't bring was the Hunting Lodge. She's um, an interesting character. Everyone else I did bring because I got the achievement for it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Did you get the achievement for it? Yeah. All right. <laughs> so I did the Hunter's Lodge for nothing then. Possibly. Because <laughs> she's one of the... Well, that was what, what, when I was reading, like, what characters I need there. Mm. She was one of them. Not me misremembering then. Yeah. Possibly. But they had Niles. I don't know. Maybe if it gives you one option out. Niles wasn't. Was he not? Niles was not one of them. I don't know. Otherwise, I would have done the quest for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's, that's why I'm going for, I was going for the Platinum. <laughs> uh, I want to talk about Platinum in a sec, actually, but the only thing I'd left... Was there anything story-based that you wanted to go over, or...? Nope. Because the other thing I wanted to talk about was remaining for sequel ideas. Because yeah. it's almost certainly having a sequel. I'm pretty sure there's. It's not been announced, but there's been like. There's been talk. Jo- job postings yeah. in relation to stuff that you just like. You put A to B together and it's probably going to be that. Mm-hmm. Um, but stuff like. One, uh, do you want to carry on with what you were saying about the post credit scene? Yeah, so basically in the post credit scene, Aloy actually goes to because if you remember back to Dr. Sobert actually leaving the um, the facility to basically what happened was one of the vents opened by like 10 inches yeah. instead of it being like one 
and so she had to go out and manually close it, but because of that she couldn't get back in. So she said, it's okay, I'll sacrifice myself for this, this is fine. Um, so she said, I'm going to go home. So she literally went home. Yeah. And Aloy in the post credit scenes travels to this home and using a focus scans this body that she finds on a bench in a suit yeah. and finds that is Dr. Elizabeth Sobek yeah. inside it, which is quite a nice one, isn't it? I mean, mm. it must be bring some emotions for her there, mustn't it? And she was like her mother basically Pretty much, yeah. the last bit of focus like where you get information from her was her talking about wanting a daughter yeah uh, which is Aloy pretty much yeah and then the other thing is that when you actually destroy Hades mm-hmm. Hades is like form yeah like red form like shoots it's like into a the sky black tendril yeah that, like goes through the sky it just shoots through the sky and goes but as Aloy's looking at like the body of Sobek mm-hmm. You see it going across the sky, don't you? Yeah. And then it travels and travels, and then it gets caught in something which is being held by yeah. silence. It's like a, a, a machine, like a mechanic lantern, into yeah. that uh, Hades gets drawn into and captured into, of which he goes, Well, we have more to talk about, don't yeah, we? Yeah, we do. Um, and then he also walks up to uh, what's known as a metal devil. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I'd say. Like the biggest thing you combat in Horizon Zero Dawn is God, what's this? It's like a small building. I don't know, like size comparison. The Deathbringer. The Death. Uh, what's a good size comparison? Deathbringer is not that big. It's probably the size of a house. Yeah. So that's the quite big, a little bit. Maybe a bit, bigger, bit, bit wider. Bigger. Yeah, definitely Wide, wider. Definitely wider than a hat. Around uh, that size, that's what you fight as the final uh, boss in the main story, at least. Yeah. Um, and then the Metal Devil, which has been—I can't remember too much about it to be honest. No, no, no. But it's shown to be this massive skyscraper. Like, yeah, lengthwise it's skyscraper length, and it's massive. And he walks up to it, so. And you never fight, but I don't know how you'd fight it, or you never. That'd be a strange one to fight, wouldn't it? Interact with it at all, other than climb over it yeah. during one final seat, during the final part of the game. Um, but he walks up to that, leading to the idea that Metal Devil is going to be part of the sequel game because mm-hmm. that's what he's approaching, which I think they would have to do really. Because oh they... yeah, can't just have it dead again. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's something Hades obviously being back. I wouldn't want it to be the set of that villain. Yeah. I think the sequel will be whoever emitted the signal. Yep. Um, that started it all off with Hades, and final bit will be probably the Metal Devil being mm-hmm. awakened, probably because of Silent messing Silence about. Silence doing something. And then <clears throat> the only thing I'd want to. Potentially would be the Mad King, mm-hmm. like the old Sun King. I know he's dead, quotation yeah. marks, but you never know until they come up with a new idea, do they? Because mm-hmm. it's put that his son killed him yeah. uh, to stop it all. Uh, but you never know. Bit, yeah. of, bit of lies. What, maybe do like a prequel type thing? No, I think it, it could just be alive still. Okay. But I don't know. That was just an, an idea I had mm-hmm. like, of what they could have going forward. Uh, any sequel stuff or anything they left open that you think? Not really. I mean, like it was quite a mostly a cut and dry type of thing, wasn't it? Besides mm. the silence part, it was like, oh, Hades is destroyed now. Yeah, Aloy's gone to see 
Silverback's house and everything, the world is restored. Mm. There's, there's not otherwise. There's not that much. Yeah. I mean, she's kind of restored Gaia, maybe. I, I don't mean, know how much you could do with that. Well, Gaia doesn't exist anymore, does she? No. She, she's in that final bit of recording when she finally explains, finishes everything. But yeah. as an entity, she's gone. Yeah. So there's not much you can do with that, really, mm. is there? Uh, there's definitely gonna be a sequel, so we'll oh, okay. see as it goes. See how it goes yeah. Um that's everything story wise. I just wanted to go in like topics regard mm-hmm. like around it. Uh first one was have you platinumed it yet? No. No. Very, very close. <laughs> there is one more skill I need to learn. So this'll help you then. Is if you uh are like an Easter egg well not an Easter egg, but a little bonus mm-hmm. for platinum it is if you have promotional emails on for your your system or something mm-hmm. like when you platinum it, um, it'll send you an email or send you a thing where you can put your which is a Horizon Zero Dawn background. Mm-hmm. So do you know when you go on your PS4 and yeah. it shows you various applications, mm-hmm. it'll give you a Horizon Zero Dawn background for all that. Oh, when you platinum it, so I best do it soon then, aren't I? <laughs> I would have a gand on how to make sure you get that. Yes, yeah. I don't know if you can guess it twice. Good. When you platinum it, you platinum it. Yeah. So, another interesting thing was the rate of which nature will take over, because I've looked into this mm-hmm. before, because um, they, they talk to, like, nature nature people. Nature <laughs> like, people. Uh, like, scientists who know how <laughs> it goes down um, to make sure it's authentic on how stuff would have grown, how stuff would have yep. gone on. And I, was list- I, was t- I listened to a thing a while ago. This wasn't in relation to research for this, but uh, they were saying if, like sewer systems stopped or if everyone left New York for like a week or so mm-hmm. the amount of stuff that would grow would, and the rate at which it would grow would exceed the way we'd be able to stop it mm-hmm. like it, it, would, it, doesn't, it wouldn't take long at all for like nature to overtake a lot oh, of stuff that we've done yeah like be interested I wanted to see mm. apparently like if we left anything for any length of time, like nature would just take over like mm-hmm. pretty quickly, uh, and the only way we do it now is because everything's like automated and we have to check it so often. Yeah, well, that's an interesting point of mm. stuff going to hell. Here's one: How do you think the world will end? Ooh. Well, there are so many ways for mm. us to end. At the moment, the most likely is probably us killing each other. Yeah, like nuclear nuclear winter way yeah either that or the second most likely is we run out of resources mm. and we've because of greed yeah and everything we haven't sorted out a solution to that mm. and so we die i mean i think that that, that goes together really because i think obviously population issue is massive anyway. i think that's the biggest one we'll have to deal with in our lives mm-hmm. uh but i think that'll also lead into some sort of war aspect yeah um because obviously it'll be a fight over resources, so I think those two are like linked together. Yeah. Some interesting ones, or interesting ones, mm. <laughs> um, like if a superbug develops, yeah. like if one, a superbug's basically one that's immune to previous um, antibiotics or anything like mm-hmm. that. <clears throat> so um, that's another option. Um, I think. I don't think anyone really believes that we're going to last like until like the other runs out or anything. No. Like that. I think we're gonna like it's something's gonna happen that's gonna wreck everything. Low options like meteorites or anything like that. Or... I mean, that's they're small ones anyway. Yeah, 
they don't happen that often but by the time the earth's gone anyway which is in three billion years we'll have evolved way past that anyway potentially i don't i don't know i think we're sort of stagnant in evolution now you can't really be stagnant evolution's always happening sort of but we're not adapting to anything Mm. like because we're creating things to we're like we're not biologically adapting we're creating things to adapt to situations yeah. as as beings we're not really adapting we've mm. not got that need or constant pressure or anything yeah. like that so i don't think we're evolving anymore i think mentally we're evolving but yeah. and technologically we're evolving but as as creatures i think we're, we're stagnant i think we've not we're not going to go anywhere and mm-hmm. i don't think we're going to go any further well maybe we could due to the pressure that we have when it comes to our technological advances we could it could be along the lines of that augmenting definitely yeah like, um i think that's definitely a point like people chips in the head or mm-hmm. anything like that i think that's going to be something I mean yeah. we do it now anyway don't we we do pacemakers we do yeah. I know that's medical procedures but technically it's augmenting something into it it's mm-hmm. putting something mechanical to facilitate living yeah and I think the way a lot of people think augmenting is like get putting a mechanical arm so you can lift a car or something yeah. like that but simple stuff isn't it <clears throat> like just wait until there's a chip that you can call someone mm-hmm. uh, Google Glass I mean I know that didn't do very well but no. that was still such of a touch of your glasses keeping focus of your eye contact mm-hmm. so I think technology's coming oh, yeah, well definitely. it's here it's here already but that sort of sci-fi stuff yeah. is closer approaching be, as well it'll be here soon won't it yeah. mm. how much of a danger do you think AI actually is I think it can be if left unchecked. Mm. You need, at the end of it, like most of our world now is automated. Yeah. But you need, at the end of it, a human in charge mm. to make sure it goes okay. A computer can only do so much. Yeah. And at the end of the day, anything that is man made will break. Mm. There is always the likely chance of something breaking. Yeah. So, really. It all, you need to be able to make sure that everything that is automated can be checked, can be controlled mm. by a living person. Yeah. <clears throat> the uh, <clears throat> I've read a little bit into this because I find it an interesting topic. Mm-hmm. Um, is the biggest reason why nothing has happened or is currently foreseeable happening mm-hmm. is because of the logic restrictions on machines. Yeah. Um, it's like people say, oh, a, a machine can beat a chess master in learning chess in 10 minutes or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's a very exaggerated example because that doesn't exist. They have to put a lot of time and programming into it. But um, those are all done. Those examples are all mm-hmm. done under very controlled restrictions, yep. like a game, a game which has rules, which has limits, which has restrictions mm-hmm. on it. And there isn't an AI system that can deal with open world yeah. which is why stuff like machine learning <clears throat> is probably the worrying part mm-hmm. but it's also that's always built under restrictions it's machine yeah. learning within a process within a parameter mm-hmm. um, and obviously you don't know what's happening behind closed doors but there's nothing been made that can deal with any situation. Yeah. So I think the possibility of AI, as we imagine, like Skynet or anything mm-hmm. like that, um, 
is not yet. Um, well, I think we all know if something like that happened, maybe we'd be done yeah. immediately. Easily. Um, <clears throat> I would love if like an AI was created and, and like just took the mick of it. I know it's a machine, but like going, well, oh, I've seen all these Terminators. I don't know what to do now. It's <laughs> um, easy. Yeah, AI is an interesting one, and it'd be sort of ironic if yeah. um, we sort of did ourselves in by doing all that. And calling it Skynet at the same time. Oh, of course. <laughs> uh, someone did, uh, someone, an AI company actually did call um, call their technology Skynet, which oh, I thought was hilarious. Uh, that was about a year ago. Then the only thing, which is a bit of a lighter topic, but mm. how do you play open world games? It's kind of different. I mean, I like to just roam mm. and just see what's about. I like to explore the world. Mm. But I also, depending on what I'm feeling at that point, do I just fast travel and just do all the quests, get them out of the way? Yeah. Do I just do I go on to side quests? It depends on the day. But generally, I like to just roam. Yeah. Like I did it especially with Skyrim, where it was like, oh, I've got this quest to do. I won't fast travel there. I will walk yeah. the whole way, see what comes along the way. <laughs> what comes up along the way, the fights, do I find any quests, do I find something to explore, stuff like that. Yeah. So it, sometimes it can take me a while to do an open <laughs> world game. So um, What about you? Uh, I've only played a couple of uh, but like The Witcher Three, uh-huh. I did something similar. I really enjoyed all the side quests, mm-hmm. and I, I didn't really find it an issue going doing the quests, doing the contracts. Yeah. Because like, in Witcher Three, you have main quests, side quests, and contracts. Yeah. Contracts you do because you can see a lot more of the creatures they made, mm-hmm. uh, and side quests is because of the stories they put in yep. on top of the main story. So I I really didn't mind um, doing a lot of that. Uh, with Horizon Zero Dawn, I was doing it the same way until about halfway, and then I mean we've brushed through a lot of the story very yeah. quickly, uh, but during the actual gameplay of it, it's it's a very gradual process. Yeah. You pick stuff up every now and again, and it's it's split in between periods of combat and something yeah. like. And I just lost interest in the combat. Mm-hmm. I just was more interested in the story, so I sort of. Halfway and then I just started just doing story mode, mm-hmm. which made me a bit underleveled for some bits of it. Yeah, but, but uh, uh, that's the way I played Horizon Zero Dawn at the end of it, just because I was more interested in the story than the actual gameplay mm-hmm. of it. Yeah, good. I didn't do loads of in Horizon Zero Dawn. I didn't do loads of like side quests and stuff. I did the quests that I needed to. Yeah, um, and especially like for the platinum ones, did all them, mm-hmm. but they were interesting when I did them. Yeah, and then obviously actually trying to kill because one of the uh, platinum trophies is you've got to kill every single type of yeah. creature Yeah. so it's basically roaming trying to find those creatures and trying to get yourself powered up enough to be able to kill them Yeah. because like the, the rock breakers are hard to kill mm. um, thunder jaws massively hard to kill and um, storm birds Oh, yeah. Stormbirds are hard. They're, they're annoying buggers. They're ridiculous. Like, they're just them, the big ones, are ridiculously hard to kill. Mm. So you've got to be able to do it and be powered up enough. Yeah. Have the skills and the, the weapons to be able to. <laughs> and it could be interesting. Yeah. But it's good. 
Anything else? Nope, I think we've uh, done that all right then. Fun, yeah? Lovely. Well, thank you very much for listening. Um, if you enjoyed, let us know. We are at social media at underscore what's on podcast on Twitter, uh, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook at what's on podcast. Uh, and if you enjoyed, uh, leave us a review and it helps us a lot. Thank you very much. Cheers. <laughs>